Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hello and welcome to the New European Podcast. My name is Richard Porritt and I'm joined by Steve Anglesey. Hello, snowflakes. This is a special edition because the print product is three. It is three. It is three. Last week years we were old. a bit hungover from our new European we party, <laughs> and you were talking like this. I'm talking like this. I am bright and breezy this week, and it's a good job because we've got the boss coming in uh, after the news. He's going to. We're going to pick out the three of us are going to pick out some of our favourite moments from the the three year history of the new European. Yeah. And uh, just do some general chat about the 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 the. the one of the one of the silver linings, I think, of the dark cloud that is Brexit, which is the new European, of course, which gives birth Very to this is. wonderful podcast. There is no Brexiteer of the Week this week. Steve. There's not, no. Uh, but don't worry. We've got a little surprise. There is a Brexiteer quiz. There is. So that, it To will... celebrate our third uh, edition, uh, third edition. <laughs> that's a long That'd time be, ago. That's a long time between is. editions, isn't it? it? Is. We've only done three. Our third anniversary, rather. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a special... Um, Brexit quiz in the New Europe. So we'll give you a little taste of that. Test me, your knowledge me of Brexit Matt, idiocy. Me and Matt will go head to head, and I think it might be politic for me to lose. Probably. But first, Steve, we need to talk about the week. Let's talk about the week. The week is like a news filter. I know I've said that before. You don't but need it, to but tell me. <laughs> I don't tell them. I am. It pulls together the best and most interesting articles and opinion from more than 200 different sources every week. And we're talking cream of the crop here. Well, the New European is one. The FT, the Daily Telegraph, the Guardian, lots of great newspapers and news sources. And because of that, yeah. it brings you multiple points of view on the important topic. So you're not just getting one angle, you're getting all the angles. All of the angles are there. Yeah, that's right. So it's anti-echo chamber. And it's an opportunity, I find at least, to challenge yourself with different points of view. Because... We, you know, we it is a possibility that you become an echo chip, but you do gravitate towards us if you definitely like. So instead of having to actually go and buy the right-wing media, why not just get the snippets of the nonsense they're saying? Never been more true in the days of social media, has it? Oh, well, absolutely. The, the anti-echo chamber thing, or the echo chamber thing. So you can I do re- miss my anti-echo chamber. She was a lovely <laughs> she woman. She was lovely. She always had a lolly, didn't she? She did, yeah. Well, like Kojak. And she used to, when she used to see you down the road, she'd go, Hello! <laughs> The best of all, the best of all, you can read less and know more. It's great for busy people like me, yeah. and even people who, who aren't as busy like yourself, Steve. And the listener can try it for 
Free. Free. Absolutely for free. But it's not just news. I'll tell you I can get it for free in a minute. But what else is it? It's not just news, Steve. Well, so I there are things that I, I like to catch up on. The stuff that I don't read, I, I mean, I read a lot about current affairs. I read a lot about... Raising affairs? I, yeah, I <laughs> read, yeah. I do all of that. You do. You all week is current affairs, but, So, yeah, so I'm reading a lot about that and a lot about arts, but I, what I'm not reading and what I get a little flavour of out of the week is stuff like uh, science, um, some sport stuff that I miss out on that's non-football. Yeah. You can pick all that kind of stuff up. Yeah, absolutely. A bit of sort of, you know, new fashion news. Food. What I really like about... No, I'm always reading about food. I'm either <laughs> eating food or reading about food. Um, I, I like the food section. But I do, what I do like is the... I, I mean, I love the property stuff where you get the best of... Here is loads of property from all the colour supplements yeah. that you can't afford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also like... The property, not the supplements. Here are all the... I can afford the supplements, but Just I can't afford the houses. Uh, and I also like to see the roundup of the sort of best ofs. What's the... What are the best suitcases to take away on my holidays? Oh, yeah, stuff like that. Oh, that. Yeah, yeah. It's have, great. Have you ever spotted one of those suitcases or whatever, one of those great products, and then rushed out and bought it? I have. Whoa. I've done it. Fantastic. So it gives you your time back because you don't have to read a massive mountain. You, you can read the week. You could basically just read the week and the New European, and that will be it. Perfect. So why not join the thousands of people who trust the week as their essential curated news source? You can try it for yourself. Your first six issues are completely free. So if you want to give it a go, visit theweek.co.uk forward slash offer. Use offer code European. That's six issues absolutely for free. Visit theweek.co.uk forward slash offer and use the offer code European. You will not regret it. You won't. It's good. So uh, let, let's get to the news. Oh, firstly, I've got to say, some people have been asking where Jerry is. Well, she's been on holiday yeah, a lot. She's being European. She, <laughs> she's off to, I think she's off to somewhere in Spain this week. She was somewhere else a few weeks ago. She's so, in Italy, isn't she? Is she in Italy? Okay, all the same to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, not this grand country, is it? <laughs> then I don't care. I think um, she's basically trying to visit them all while she can. Yes, well, it's not a bad idea. Before we're locked it's down. not a bad idea. So, Jerry fans, and I know there are a lot of you, and me and Steve are among them, um, don't fear, she will be back as soon as possible to give her um, take on well, what is going return. on. She will return. Um, let's start, I think let's start with Corbyn, because Labour are a main party. Hooray! Well, it's all clear now, isn't it? <laughs> we could take these little news sections about Labour and whether they remain or what they're doing from about any one of 16 different yeah. podcasts and drop them in. So let's, I know a lot of people come here for their news, Steve. Yes, people so, love the news. So people will now be going, oh, gather round the wireless children. On, gather round, and it'll be like a sort of, um, you know, we should do it in the style of a pathy newsreel. Yeah, just, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Jeremy Corbyn makes you turn on Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> but not quite. Uh, well, that was going to be Dalek then, didn't I? But you did, yeah. Um, so, He's not been on for a while, the Brexit Dalek. He should get him back on. He hasn't. Well, he likes the summer, doesn't he? Because he can sit in the beer garden. Yeah, he doesn't he like does getting like rained it, yeah. on. He likes the beer garden. Uh, so the Labour Party supposedly now backs a second Brexit referendum in all circumstances, Jeremy Corbyn said... Wait for it. He said that... Um, I mean, that has come, of course, on the back of those terrible European elections where they only got 14% of the vote. 
Now, well, then, that's true. Then that's it not... does back a second referendum. Yeah, but there's a bit of an if, isn't there? In all circumstances. If. However. <laughs> oh, it's a however. One of the circumstances. <laughs> yeah. So the first circumstance yeah. is we should just have a, a, a referendum. Yeah. And it would be... What would the question be? I think he said uh, deal or remain. Deal or no deal or remain. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, at which Labour would support remain. Yeah. Then he outlined uh, In the, scenario, on the deal, yeah. scenario two. Yeah. And yeah. scenario yeah. two, which sounds like Rubbish a follow up. record label, doesn't it? Scenario two, yeah. Scenario two records out now on scenario two. Yeah. Um, is uh, the uh, Jeremy Fudge. Um, and scenario two is there is a general election, and in scenario two, Labour's manifesto pledge. Yeah, I think I've got this written down here. Yeah, good. Labour supports negotiating with the EU to respect the Brexit vote from 2016. Yeah. Negotiate a new deal yeah. and then hold a referendum. Yeah, yeah. And once a new deal has been concluded. Yeah. Labour will then decide whether it supports its own deal <laughs> or whether it supports Remain. So, right, 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 so right, right. if there's going to be a general Brexit, election yeah. before Brexit, yeah. Labour is, is campaigning, it will negotiate a deal, <laughs> yeah. reflecting Labour priorities, yeah. then it will think very hard yeah. about whether its own deal is any good or not, yeah. or, whether it's better, or whether it's better to Remain. Yeah, so, it's kind of beating themselves up. Yeah, over Brexit it is. It's, it's, been keeping doing that for the, some time. it's keeping the door open, isn't it? For it's a jar. When door, is a door not a door? Yeah, when it's a jar, there you go. And or when it, or when Len McCluskey has put his little foot in it, and Carrie Murphy and Seamus <laughs> Mill are desperately trying <clears> to prise <throat> the door back open. Yeah. So it gives them. It gives that the the. But again, it, it brings back this idea of a fantasy. Labour Brexit, a jobs first Brexit, yeah. a Brexit we could all Red, be white, blue Brexit, sounds uh, like to me. But they've, in the absence of a general election, and to be honest with you, this could only be because Len McCluskey yeah, and Seamus Mealing and, and Carrie uh, uh, are all believe that a general election is going to happen. Mm. So they've given this up. Mm. But in the absence of a general election, Labour will campaign for a second referendum and will support Remain. Let's see how hard Jeremy Corbyn campaigns for that job. Seven out of ten. In the field, yeah, <laughs> seven out of ten. Yeah. Um, one Corbyn ally you think this is, is it going to sorry, sorry, what did one Corbyn ally say? It's, oh, it's, absolutely, <laughs> it's absolutely brilliant. It's the best thing ever. One Corbyn ally. We've really made our minds up this time. Uh, one Corbyn ally described the process as baby steps. Baby steps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not baby sick, which is what <laughs> other people have described it as. Yeah, quite. Uh, I mean, it goes back in 2016. It's more like baby's first attempt, isn't it? It's, it's just <laughs> you know, like baby's full nappy, if you ask yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, back in 2016. Full nappy Brexit? Oh, I don't know about that. Back in 2016, Labour, uh, well, in fact, Jeremy Corbyn uh, asked for Article 50 to be. Um, enacted uh, immediately. Now. He said, I'm, "I'm desperate for some kippers." I mean, he was Can even, we do it this morning? He was even he was more Brexity that morning, I think, than Nigel Farage, he wasn't was, he? Yeah. Um, he then went on to say, "You have to respect the decision the people made. 
He sacked Owen Smith. He said made like that. He did, yeah. That's did he, he, he goes, well, I have to respect the decision people made. That sounded like one of those toys that you would get that you would turn upside down and it made the oh, noise yeah. of a cow. They were good, weren't they? Yeah, before your Playstations and all of that, that's how we used to enjoy ourselves. <laughs> Just for four hours. <laughs> And then sometimes it would go. And kaleidoscopes. He said, "This is the choice we have made." Uh, Only a year ago, of course, he sacked Owen Smith. (laughs) I think maybe I did try and go a bit Welsh because my next note was on Owen Smith, so maybe that's why I tried to go go a bit Welsh. Um, I've forgotten about Owen Smith. Yeah. He, he was he, he was sort of yay Owen Smith oh, oh. no 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 it's not going to work uh, and he was sacked because he advocated a second referendum he was that's right so there should be lots of sackings now um, is Labour now a Remain party uh, the fact that I have got to err so much exactly <laughs> I mean it's again it's it's the closest. To remain that we've ever... It's well, the closest it, thing to heaven that I've ever known, I think, is, the, <laughs> is, uh, is what we're saying. Um, live one so many Remainers just don't trust Labour anymore, do they? I mean, if I was if I was Ed Davey or, uh, and Joe, or Joe Swinson, I'm not. I'm neither of those those people. Are you not? But I would be, I'd be quite pleased that that was all that, you know, that was what they well, wanted to get away they're with. They're so confused, aren't they? Liberal? It leaves the door open yeah, for, the, for the Lib Dems to continue um, rising in the polls. I like this comment, which I spotted in the FT uh, from an unnamed Labour MP, um, who said, we are very nearly a proper Remain party. Very nearly. <laughs> very nearly. Tom Watson, of course, who, who's been, I think, probably instrumental in, in, in pushing this side of things. Yes. Um, he said it is a step in the right direction, but any kind of Brexit... It gives us less than we have now, and Labour should not support it. And I mean that any kind of Brexit that gives us less than we have now is any kind of Brexit, of course. Yeah, that's right. Even Brexiteers will agree yeah. agree to that. Uh, so yes. So it's not the good news that we've been hoping for from not, the Labour Party this week. Not quite. But just a point on the confusion. Ben Page, who's the oh, uh, yeah. chief exec of uh, Ipsos Mori. Yes. I get him to do all my personal polling. And pretty much every decision I make, I ring up Ben. You poll yourself. And I say, it... Ben, I've got a tough decision here. I'll tell you I'll tell you how this panned out yesterday. Is it Morrison's or in Morrison's? Yeah, go on. I was stood and there's a there's a current a slight obsession building in my life about ironing water. Yes. Do you use ironing water? Well I do use ironing water. It gives it gives your clothes a lovely fragrance. Well it's not and so it's much... available from from all it's not, not just not just Waitrose. No, I got mine from Morrison's. There. Well, one, one, I You'll get yours from this morning, Harrods, probably. Yeah, Harrods, Iron and Mason. You're, you're actually using like Chanel number five. Basically, I like to <laughs> drink it and then and then once, <laughs> I've, once I've opened the bottle, I then iron with it. <laughs> well, so. I, I mean, I'm, I'm a rough old northern fella, right? Do you think you could have a little gargle with it if you'd had a bit of it, like you'd had last week? When Maybe. we had a bad night out. Maybe. If you'd but, have gargled with some ironing water. So, uh, the thing that. Your insides would have been fragrant. You start thinking about ironing water when you've got an iron that you maybe spent a bit more than £9.99 from Argos on. Yeah. And But in the part of the country where we live out here in the east, there is a lot of. Um, is the water hard or soft? I don't know. I don't but, know. But there's a lime scale issue. 
Is that? So if you don't use it on your iron, you end up spitting grit everywhere all over your shirt before you come to work. Well, when you use your self-cleaning mode. Exactly. So I've taken to this, right, and I went into... I was quite looking forward to buying my ironing water from Morrison's. Good. And there was magnolia... A lavender. Oh, I'd go lavender every time. Right, well, I, I rang Ben. I rang Ben at Ipsos Mori. And he, what did he... Well, three hours later, he pulled 500 people. Yeah. <laughs> and he came back uh, 48%, 52 Yeah. in favour of magnolia. So, again, you're part of the 48%. Well, I am, yeah. So I bought two bottles. It's a good film, Magnolia. It is a good film. Yeah, very good film. It is a good film. And um, it's also good ironing water. And it's only ATP at Morrison's. If Morrison's want to sponsor the podcast, they can get can it. Can you... Sponsored by Morrison's... Ironing, ironing water. water. ...and lasagna and beans. Yeah. Can you believe that this podcast has got a reputation for rambling? I think... Tell you what, listener, if you don't use ironing water, give it a go. Let me know what you think. Yeah. I, I think it'll change your world. And it's, it's dirty. It's actually cheaper than, like, buying a bottle of... Uh, Evian. Well, it is, yeah. Yeah. And it smells nice. Don't I tasted it. It ain't Evian. <laughs> it's my, my ironing water. That's, that's the slogan that they use. Oh, what other big news this week? What, what well, the, I was going to say the good news from the from the Labour Party is that Kate Hoey is, is gone. She has. Uh, I think the, the phrase, don't let the arse sit you in the door on the way out, <laughs> just, um, is uh, good, particularly... Uh, um, well, I don't like to... I mean... Just, I mean, wrong about everything, noisily wrong about everything. Yeah. Uh, and not representing on, her Banging on about exactly, banging on about democracy while failing to represent a seventy-one point. Hanging uh, around on boards with Nigel Farage. Exactly, and then saying, "Well, I, you know, he was just there." Yeah. You know, with his arm round me. Exactly. I mean. What please. about what about this rapper that's got himself into? Uh, sorry, that's got herself into a bit of bother this week. Oh, well, you're, you're, you're saying things that, that I have no knowledge of. Yeah, well, I mean, rap, rap Is it music, Kate Howie? It's not. And I can understand why. I mean, rappers like to get in trouble. They say, diva. they say controversial things, don't That's they, rappers? Show, don't they? They're anti-establishment often. Rappers, From yes. Chuck D to... Oh, yeah. um, to... Uh, to Easy E. Easy E via... EMF. M and M's, yeah, M and M's, and now there's Kim Derock. Oh, Kim Derock, yeah, who rattles the beats off and the rhymes and yeah, fires her right, yeah. guns straight at little the White Ki- House. Little Kim Derock, little Kim Derock, yeah. Uh, and it turns out, as well as being a hippity hoppity star, yeah, good. Um, she's also a man, yes, and uh, a diplomat, yeah, and the British ambassador. Uh, in Washington. But now, no more. Now, no more. So she can concentrate on her raps. She can. Um, what can about this thing? Because this is interesting, wasn't whacked. it? Is, <laughs> is Isabel Oakeshott broke the story, everyone's favourite. Oh, yeah. Analyst. Um, do you know, I once went to a wedding with Isabel Oakeshott. Did you? Yeah. You didn't get married to her, did you? Did, didn't, didn't. She's married to another journalist, former journalist. Is she? Yeah. Uh, anyway, enough about his book. So she uh, she broke this news. Obviously, a leak to her. A great, great story, Mail on Sunday story. You know, and, and but I think really the story isn't British ambassador as a go at administration. The story is um, well. That's that is kind of just British ambassador doing his job. Yeah. See, basically, this is about the the the, um, 
the leaking of papers so who, in which he said Donald Trump was unstable. Of course, and, yeah, yeah. Um, all, all quite clearly true. Yeah, absolutely. But what? But the thing is, why? And I, I love and a they, leak. Said, they said, how could he have picked this up? They, he said, they said his administration is chaotic and unstable, and yet he's met people like Kellyanne Conway. I mean, <laughs> how, can he, how can this have any of this have been true? You know. I mean, the thing is that as journalists, we love people to leak things to us. Yes. But it's the re- and every leak has a reason behind it. Sometimes it's in the public interest and that's fine. Sometimes it isn't and yeah. sometimes that can be fine as well. Yeah. This is a good news story, but who's leaking it and to what ends, I think, is what we've got to ask ourselves. Well, I mean, the, the, the questions are, is this, as, as I think we were, it was implied, is this somebody... Who um, who works within the uh, foreign office or even works within the diplomatic corps? Got to be pretty high level, aren't they? And believes that it is um, in, that, that things weren't being handled in the British interests and being beastly to Donald Trump was reducing our chances of getting a great free trade deal um, with America. I would say that our chances of a great free trade deal with America. Um, lessened after the leak, um, so I don't really, I don't really know that. I mean, or, or has the leak come from? I mean, there are all kinds of suggestions of where the leak might have come from. Has I'm not suggesting. Does it come from another government who yeah, are? Yeah. Who are? I mean, I, I would mean, never you know, want what what certainly must not happen, and I would never, you know, as, as someone who manages journalists and yourself do as well, so we would never ask the journalist. Their sources, you know, you have to trust them, and 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 I'm not suggesting for any minute not any of this is true. No one's said any of the other, but there there is clearly someone trying to do damage to um, to well to 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 that ambassador and to to people who may be opposed to Trump. This is anger Trump, but I think this has come from someone who perhaps is is on that sort of trumpian brexity side of life do you not do you not agree well uh, very well very much so it gives boris johnson a chance to put someone in because it's not, not necessarily supposed to be a political appointment but we can start from afresh and all of a sudden we're best buddies welcome to airstrip one yeah absolutely and um, you know again like um like with uh, Nazanin Zagari yeah. Ratcliffe, yeah. you know we've 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 got a sneak preview here of exactly what Boris Johnson um, is like when he deals with you know matters of importance in the Foreign Office. Or, now the chilling effects of this on the rest of our ambassadors yeah. all across the world. Well, of course, because but, but what we what we've not said is that on Tuesday night when the the, the leaders. I mean the, the the winner and the loser of the Conservative leadership. The loser election, and the, the loser and the loser had a de- had a debate. Well, I say debate. It wasn't no. really a debate, no. was it? No. Um, when they met for a, a TV debate, the ITV TV debate, which we might mention in a minute, um, Boris Johnson essentially threw uh, uh, Kim Derrick under a, a bus. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Re- uh, Jeremy Reid. Jeremy Hunt said. It was all terrible, and he had full confidence in yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, which uh, which the government also said, and Boris Johnson said, "Well, I can't really say that." Um, and uh, you know, it, it was, he shouldn't have said that, them things, really. I think um, John Major's had a good week. He also he said that he'd been thrown to the wolves, or Kim Darrock. Yeah. And um, and he also said that he would perhaps look at uh, a legal intervention to try and stop the um, the whole tier of Parliament, if you know, to push 
you know, deal Brexit through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Major, but uh, you know, at the time we were just glad to see the back of him, weren't we? But he's um, he's had a good Brexit. Yes. Good for his legacy. Yes, my big job. man in his grey underpants or whatever. With his shirts Weena, tucked in. That Curry called it. <laughs> tucked in his underpants. That was a Campbell thing, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Uh, so, there we go. It's been a bit of a messy old week for what, what used to be normal diplomatic procedure and we all look a bit stupid. Well, really. we do, but Boris Johnson doesn't really mind because it's, you know... Although I, think, I don't think this is going to do anywhere near enough damage... To Boris Johnson to to unsettle his chances of, of becoming the next leader of the Conservative Party, but Absolutely. but quite a lot of Conservative um, MPs and I, and by proxy, I guess, quite a lot of Conservative members will be quite dismayed about how Boris Johnson has, has handled this. Yeah, you know, it's it's this is the sort of thing. Well, look, who who was who was on on Monday morning? Who was the first person? to call for Kim Darrick to be sacked. It wasn't Donald Trump who nope. piled in later on. It was yep. Nigel Farage, Farage, who has got this idea. I mean, he graciously said, well, I don't want to be the ambassador. I'm far too busy. Um, and he's far too busy making money by, you know, not going to the European Parliament and then by doing all these radio shows yep. and stuff yep. like that. Yep. 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 Um, but Nigel Farage has got this idea um, that, like the American ambassador to London, Woody Johnson, the the useless owner of the useless New York Jets, who I support, um, and you, uh, you don't support them, do you? You support no. the, the, Broncos. The, 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 um, the Broncos. Um, but the, he's got this idea that it should just be a celebrity businessman. Yeah. Um, that, that's yeah. what ambassadors should do. They yeah. shouldn't actually do anything diplomatic, they yeah. should just go around saying how great their own country is yeah. 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 and be some kind of. Uh, trade envoy, yeah. and that's the sort of thing that Nigel Farage would would want to do. And of course, um, the royals for that, haven't we? Um, yeah, exactly. So, no, uh, yeah, we have got the royals for that, which he, he fails to understand. But in his narrow way of thinking, um, uh, and really, this is all sparked by the idea that somebody has stood up to his friend and said, actually. You know, the emperor has got no clothes on, which is a chilling thing to say about Donald yeah, Trump. Yeah. But you know, it's clear, isn't it? His administration, he is, <coughs> he is off the train, batshit insane. Yeah. His administration is completely dysfunctional, um, and all Kim Darrick has, has done is to point that out. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm just glad that Donald Trump responded in such an adult and. Yeah. What did he say? Oh. Uh, he, well, he said he never worked with him again. He said he was very wacky. He was wacky. He was a right. wacky guy. And uh, and of course, I think to be honest, um, Mr. Darrick probably made the right decision uh, in in standing aside. In the end, I, I can I can see that you know a, a good diplomat would never want to become the story. Would never want to bring embarrassment into his or her own country or beyond. And those. Uh, those wires are supposed to be completely private. They've got to be, or else it's pointless having an ambassador, frankly. Well, I agree. And also, I think by going so quickly, it, um, it, you know, it turns up the heat, doesn't it? Um, the civil service are rightly outraged about Absolutely. this. Um, and uh, there is a real focus on finding who is responsible for yeah. this. Yeah. Um, and also, it turns the heat slightly on Boris Johnson, which yeah. I think was... Uh, Kim Derrick's um, intention and you know we, we hear these people who were close to him um, on Tuesday night saying that he left the office or he, before the 
before the, the Johnson uh, and Hunt debate, he, he was making it clear that he was sticking around, and then he, once he'd seen Johnson... He knew that you know he had to he had to go. There yep. wasn't going to be yep. no support for him, no, no, and no, that no. is really poor. Yeah, yeah, push um, sure, push. And sure. you know the whole. I mean, do you want to talk a little bit about the Hunt, Hunt and Johnson thing? And we talked about this at length. You know, it is now like a dull train journey. Oh God! Uh, the misery of which could only be alleviated by the, everything going off the rails in a spectacular. Uh, fashion, yeah, um, but you sort of accept that that isn't really going to happen. No. Um, I, I, I just, I mean, the fact that we have not really put it in on our on our news list for the for the pod, the the Hunt Boris yeah. tussle, I think says it all. You know, we've had some bad prime ministers in our in our time and li- in, in living memory. The last prime minister, the current prime minister, is terrible, mm. probably the worst. Mm. You know, well, the most—I I mean, the most ineffectual, certainly. Um, John Major, as we say now, I won a good election. He, he was won a good election, but he was a—you a, know—he wasn't a great prime minister. Limp, I think, um, in his in his final years. And uh, and of course, David Cameron, who made a disastrous decision and led us into the, the path of a very dangerous. Um, uh, overreaction. With, I mean, a lot of people. You know, in, in normal times, you would you would probably put like Gordon Brown in there. I mean, there were there were a lot of mistakes in that administration, but he looks like one of the one of the better ones in recent memory, frankly, didn't he? When you've got those. But but I I don't think that there is anybody who has come in as prime minister, not even Theresa May, who you thought they are patently on day one. They are patently not up to the job, and this is all going to crash and burn in a disastrous way. And he is—he's not, you know—he is not fit to be the leader of the country. He's not fit to be the leader of anything apart from to lead the singing at the, you know, Latin old boys reunion or the Bullingdon Club reunion. He was absolutely terrible in that debate against Jeremy Hunt. Mm. You know, when he when he could stick to pre-prepared answers. To questions, it was relatively even. Um, when he's asked to go deeper on things, um, he, he he has got no real grasp of detail, mm. um, and um, he, he was just completely, you know, in the, the second half, he was embarrassed, embarrassing. His grasp of facts is is very poor. He looked panicked. Mm. He he is he wants to talk over people. He wants to shout over people, mm. and and his message has been reduced to a simple: it is going to be okay if we all believe. It's a Peter Pan, death of Tinkerbell uh, moment, and it is yeah. really quite frightening that this clown and chancer is going to be the prime minister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, on that very depressing note. Let's cheer ourselves up and we'll be back with yourself, Steve, and Matt Kelly to talk about some more jolly things after this. Hello, I'm Matt Kelly and I'm the editor of The New European, the newspaper that brings you this podcast. Every week, The New European is committed to providing in-depth reports and analysis about the progress and implications of Brexit. We also celebrate Europe in our great cultural and arts section, Europhile, and we do it uniquely from a Remainer perspective. We think we are making a difference. We think it's important that there's a voice balancing, even if only in a small way, the dominant right-wing media voices that prevailed before and since the referendum. 
If you think what we're doing is important, you can help us. The best way to help us is by subscribing. Just now, there's a special offer. You get 13 issues for just £13. That's a heavy discount from the £3 an issue retail price point. And if you subscribe now, you also get a free Bollocks to Brexit mug. It's very easy. All you have to do is go onto your search engine and put in New European Subscription and you'll find the link. Thank you for your support and I hope you enjoy this podcast. Welcome back. I am joined with Steve again, of course, and the editor of The New European, Matt Kelly. We're going to um, reminisce a little bit, I think, chaps, aren't we? It's, it's three It's three years now The New European's been in print. Um, we're all going to pick uh, some of the moments that have, that have stood out for us in the three years, but perhaps... You two first should chat about that famous, infamous, I'm not sure, morning when it all sort of came together. Because if I'm right, in, if, if I'm remembering the story correctly, you met for a coffee or something? I don't remember Steve being there. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Steve does? <laughs> well, well, Let's I'll, get I'll, the two I'll take his word for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so oh, it was you all your ideas, Steve. Steve. You give the true version. <laughs> So I can remember what well, the true happened. the true version is the true version is that we, we had a meeting in somewhere in Shoreditch. I think we had a coffee on the the city road, maybe. I think it was in Redchurch. Street. Oh yeah, it might have been the in Redchurch. Cafe. It could, yeah, it may well have been. And who, wherever it was, when we got in there and got in the queue, um, just about everybody in the queue and everybody sitting down at the tables. Um, was um, moaning about what had happened the night before and saying how terrible it was and how embarrassed they were. And this was the day after the, the referendum result. Yeah, what the hell they were going to do now. Yeah, it wasn't just a particularly <laughs> bad episode of Question Time or anything like that. I will say it was the day after the, the, the referendum, 24th of June. And uh, as I recall, uh, we, were, we then went off to separate meetings and there was a vague notion of we should do something about this. and uh, when we then spoke again at about 5pm Matt said what have you come up with and I said I've I've got a vague idea for a website thing but to be honest I've been in the pub for three hours now I'm very depressed and quite pissed and Matt said uh, make sure you come to the office early on Monday we're starting a newspaper so what um, happened in the meantime was Good. That does that does ring a bell. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do yeah. remember you now. Yeah, yeah. I'm um, the one with the glasses. What what happened in the meantime was I think I just ruminated on that conversation a little bit, and then because I was new in this job at Archie, because we maybe the listeners don't all know, but no, we've, we've all got day jobs at, yes. at this big uh, regional newspaper and magazine group called Archie. So I emailed my boss just very casually. I've been in the job six months so I was still in my honeymoon period I, I would never get away with it now. but I emailed Jeff Henry my boss and said I think it was just a, a two liner saying you know if ever there was a time for a new national newspaper it's right now you know you've got 16 million people all pissed off about the same thing mm. uh, and they didn't have a name yesterday and today they've got a name at yeah. 48% yeah. and to Jeff's credit, he, uh, he I was expecting him to just either completely ignore the email, this is what I would have done, or just say, don't be so stupid. Um, but he didn't. He said, well, let's talk about it on Tuesday when we have our exec meeting. Yeah. And again, I completely forgot about the idea. We had this very miserable exec meeting about how terrible <laughs> Brexit was going to be for the newspaper industry, yeah. all of which, by the way, has come true. Yes. And at the end of the meeting, Jeff sort of stared across the table at me and didn't wink, sort of like glared at me and said, well, has anyone got any positive ideas? And I went, oh, yeah, I've got this idea. We should launch a new newspaper. And again, you know, the six people sitting around the table, 
didn't all laugh or think we were stupid. They sort of heard me out and, and said, you know what, it, the idea is sound. I think they were still worried about how costly this could be mm. because Trinity Mirror had, had spent about nine million quid on a, on a right, launch yeah. that lasted about ten weeks. New, new, new day. day. You know, yeah. The new day. Um, and so I think, understandably, the finance guys were a little bit nervous to put it mildly and then I did have this idea which I, I still to this thing they think this was the cleverest part of the whole thing was that we would call it pop-up publishing yeah. and we yeah. would only do it for four weeks yeah and everyone relaxed then you know how bad can it be you know yeah. what can we lose 30 okay. grand or something like this and everyone will talk about it and it'll be a great wheeze mm. and Archie will get a lot of marketing I mean I hoped and expected that it would work and go on, but it gave everybody an elegant get-out if it if yes, it died. Yes, absolutely. And uh, well, it didn't die. You know, no. here we are, three years later. Quite, quite. And I, actually, I mean, I I sort of came on board about I think it was about issue eight or nine or something, and. Um, by which point, of course, it was it was in full flow. But I remember picking up that first... I was in Centre Park, somewhere in the middle of the country, and having been... I was a freelance journalist at the time, and having been interested in perhaps trying to get you to give me some money, although I was a bit dubious with... Uh, because, you know, journalists don't tend to get much of a freelance... Um, picked it up and found it in Centre Park, even though I'd subscribed. And honestly, you, as a journalist, I think you can, you're quite cynical and you think this is just going to be pictures of a march or whatever, or, you know, who's going to want to... And being absolutely blown away by issue one, and I think if you look at issue one now, brilliant issue as it was, it's a million miles away from where yeah. you've got the paper to now. I mean, the development yeah. has been incredible, hasn't it? Well, we've had three years to make it yeah. really yeah. good. But, yeah. I mean, I have to say, I, I was delighted with issue one. Yeah, brilliant. Because that was my fear, was that it would be crap. Yes. And yeah. that it, was it would fear. have my name against it and... You know, everyone expected it to be crap. That was the thing. You but know. it was just ambitious, and it felt like yeah. something completely different—a complete we did it breath fresher. Four days. I know. Well, I was about yeah. to ask you about because I missed out on those four days because I was on holiday in centre parks. I'm not yet involved, but I mean, was it like 60, well, we, 18, 24-hour days? Yeah, we designed. It wasn't quite that bad, but we, you know, the good thing was we had really good people who knew what they were doing, um, and we had. The Where did they go? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the masthead designed on the Monday, yeah. you know, and it went to press. On the Friday or something yeah. like this, yeah. and the the clincher for me was we got really good people to write for it, and again that was a bit of affirmation that we were onto something mm. because people were intrigued with the idea yeah. and mm. wanted to be part of, you know, if it was just a mad wheeze, you know, that, that was fine. They wanted to be part of it. Yeah. But on the at the last minute, I was conscious that we didn't have something that would define it as good, you know, where people could not say this is just a load of crap mm-hmm. and a load of second-rate nonsense. Mm-hmm. There was ne- no uh, press association copy in it or anything, mm-hmm. every word in it was unique. Mm-hmm. But I used to be a uh, features editor of the Daily Mirror and used to have Jonathan Friedman from The Guardian yeah. as one of our columnists, so yeah. I know Johnny Friedman very well. And at the last minute found him and said, look, I'm missing something, can you write the first splash? And Johnny went off and asked Kat Viner, the editor of The Guardian, is it okay? Kat said, yes, go ahead. Johnny wrote the first splash. And I think having Jonathan Friedland on the front page... Agreed completely. It just... No one could point at it and say, what a pile of crap. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it was real quality, that. What are your um, memories of those sort of those those mad days and hours before issue one and and, and well, the first we did, three we or four did, weeks because it was tough, wasn't it, for a while? We did work. We did work very hard. There were, there were very long hours involved, but then there are in journalism um, yeah. anyway. And um, and in fact, uh, Matt and I had worked on the previous projects or a previous project that Matt and I had involved. I remember being, I think, 
it was virtually a couple of a couple of us had like we worked every day for three weeks and we worked about 15, 14, 15 hours a day. So it was not quite as bad as the previous <laughs> project that I'd worked on with Matt Kelly. Um, but it was really satisfying, and um, and uh, and we were we were making it up as we went along. At first, it had quite a lot of sport. It had a sport defined sports section That's at the right. back, and right. we tried to do stuff like that. And you know, things quickly fell out and fell in. It there was stuff we we thought we'd have a lot of readers writing about there their sort of love of Europe and then that sort of fell out and, and fell in. We had um, we had a bigger photo section at the start and then that sort of went out and, uh, and in. Um, and then gradually we established this sort of formula that we've, we, we've got now. People like Alistair Campbell came in in the yeah. sort of second or third issue. Maybe. Right, yeah. Well, I mean, um, what's great, I think, is that the three sections we started with, which is yeah. yeah. gender expertise and Europhile uh, are still the kind of framework for the yeah. for the paper yeah. and we've I think all we've done is is solidify what those three sections mean and try to make the writing as good as possible and it's I think it's got better and better and better as a newspaper and I think you know if we can all stand beside it forget the politics of it but we can all stand beside it and say it's a really good newspaper you know? yeah yeah I, I think, think what's something about sorry I was going to say something else about issue one which I was looking at earlier on and it had in that europhile section which is more it's about European culture and music and art and film and whatever and it led off we led off with a big piece from uh, a guy called James Brown who used to be the editor of loaded magazine yeah. and now 442 I believe uh, and he, now he's the editor of, of 442 the, the football magazine and you know James had been working in uh, he'd been a really successful uh, magazine editor he sort of burned out I think, uh, by his own admission. He'd owned a magazine company himself. He kind of burned out a bit. He was working on a digital uh, project. He had another, a couple of other projects. Um, and, and when you talk to James now, this was what... And then he worked with us for about six months as we got the thing established, maybe a bit longer. And if you talk to James now, this is one of the things that made him... He fell back in love with the idea of print and yeah. being an editor and yeah. stuff like that. And it's really... It's, it, that's a, a lovely story. And now he is the editor of, of 442, the football and, magazine. And I think so. also some of the people, the talent that we've spotted and, and yeah. brought on, you yeah. know, off the top of my head, you know, Charlie Conway, who I yeah. think is Fantastic. one of the best writers in the that's country. Terrific, yeah. Yeah. Who, who, who writes the books column and he also does the great European lives? Yeah. Uh, Sophie Sophie Duboik, who yeah, does yeah. our year in music, yeah, terrific. Uh, we've got you know Bonnie Gray was well known, but you know if you ask Bonnie, she'll say that it was the New European that helped her develop her voice as a as a columnist. You yeah, know, so yeah, yeah. yeah, that's I think that we should all be happy. Do about you think? That. I remember we we conducted Matt me yourself an interview uh, kind of similar to this one last year and probably even before actually. Well, maybe not the pod wasn't around then, I think, but. Um, one of the things then I think that we touched on, and I'd like to touch on again, is the fact that you guys in the New European had to learn on the job. There wasn't a big committee that sat down for months before and went, we're yeah. not sure about that, not sure about that. It was, does it work? Yes, keep it in. It doesn't work last week, so we do something different. Yeah, if, if, if we'd have had another week, mm. we'd have talked ourselves out of doing it yes. at all. Yeah. You know, yeah. that, and this is in terms of, of, of the newspaper game. I think this is a, the biggest lesson for me is that the more talking you do, two things happen. One is that the original, what's brilliant about the original idea gets diluted out. Yeah, yeah. You start talking to people doing market research Ooh. and stuff like this, mm, and mm. panels of, of you know readers and all of this, and things get more complicated and the idea gets diluted. But the second thing is that a lot of really good ideas just don't happen because mm. 
they become they get into the process of innovation, but mm. the innovation as a process never reaches anything. You know, mm. it, it withers away. Yeah. And if we, I, I promise you, if we'd have had another week to think about it, we wouldn't have done it because people would have gone, "Great idea," but you know, who, who really knows? You know, and it would have faded away. Yeah. yeah. So do it. Just do it, and then as we've done, evolve it over time. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So so let's let's. Go go around and sort of pick some of our favourite moments. I mean, we should certainly start with with you, Matt. What do you think? What, what, what your give us give us just one, and we'll go we'll, well go around the horn. I, I mean, just, it's brought, it's really hard to pick three. Yeah, because of course. This, I'm, you know, on a personal level, it has brought me so many moments of joy that yeah. I feel great. You know, grateful to the thing that is the new European. Yeah. You know? um, but the three that I picked out, which I think. I, I really did enjoy uh, the first moment, which was probably the, the single greatest moment in my professional career, was hearing the first circulation figures yeah. from the first issue. Yeah. Because we printed an awful lot of copies because we wanted to be everywhere. The Guardian were printing yes, the paper, so it went out, and it didn't have any marketing, no. didn't have any advertising, nothing. I'd done some bits of radio, and you know, the BBC had me on the politics show and stuff like this. But that was all, you know, it was this sort of novelty thing. And it was expensive as well. It was £2 a copy Ooh, at the mm. time. It was a weird product. It went out on a Thursday. It sat with the national newspapers and it stayed there yeah. all week. Nothing else like it. Um, and so who... No idea. And Darren McLaughlin, the, um, the circulation manager, who's done a brilliant job mm. over three years, mm. really pushing the new yeah, uh, I got a I got a phone call from him when I was walking down the embankment in London, and uh, and he I said so what's the number and he said it's forty thousand copies, which was way above expectation. Yeah. I was hoping we'd sell ten thousand. Yeah, yeah. And I honestly I welped and <laughs> leapt into the air and just sort of just couldn't speak for about thirty seconds. And I was just so beside myself with joy yeah. that this thing had worked, you know, because. <laughs> when anything goes right in my life, I'm always like really suspicious, you know? <laughs> uh, uh, and it freaks me out a bit. So, so that was one moment. Um, I think the other key moment I'd say was when Alistair Campbell phoned up yeah. and said, "You know, what are you guys doing?" Because again, that gave it. Up, it's a bit of a scary phone call. Like Alistair Campbell rings up and says, "What are you well, doing?" I, I mean, yeah, he. Uh, I mean, Alistair doesn't beat around the bush. People probably know from the Malcolm Tucker yeah. caricature. <laughs> But no, he just said, what, what are you trying to do? And I said, well, we're trying to stop Brexit. And he said, great, so am I. Can I how can I help? And, uh, and he started off writing for us. And that gave it, for me, that gave it a bit of political credibility. Mm. I know people have got you know, very yeah, yeah, yeah. polarised views of yeah. Campbell, but yeah. you can't deny he is a figure in, in, in politics. And, uh, and so I asked to come in on board. And that, I think, helped bring on lots of other great people like Bonnie and, mm. you know... Um, AC Grayling and mm. Andrew Adonis Latterly and all, all sorts of really good people. Uh, and the third Do you one, think just, sorry, on, just on Alistair, of course, he's been on the pod loads of times and, and plays us out every week yeah. with his bagpipes, um, like him all of them. Do you think that it added to the, the campaigning element of what, as well of it? Because I think that when you speak to when you speak to readers, as we do all the time, of course, that is as much a thing about it's not just the great gentleman, just the art yeah. and all that kind of thing that, yeah. that we run. It's that I'm part of a campaign as well. Yeah. And I, I felt like when Alistair came properly on board and was squarely behind it and was going on the, the TV with copies of it, etc. It felt like a campaigning tool Definitely. as well. Well, that was the whole intent yeah. of the whole paper and Alistair yeah. sort of yeah. was the epitome of that. But from day one, 
I hoped that people would buy it and carry it under their arms yes, to show yeah, people yeah. they were yeah. remaining. You know, yeah. so the idea of it being a campaigning product was always was always front of mind. Um, and the last thing that I thought was really special, uh, and maybe it's only me, but the Will Self edition, mm. where just as a sort of publishing exercise, where we threw over the entire. 48 pages to one article from yeah. Will Self, yeah. which I thought was magnificent. Yeah. I know yeah. people, some, some of our regular readers missed some of the regular stuff that we didn't do that yeah. week and yeah. weren't, weren't happy about that, but you know they all forgave us, you yeah. know, even yeah. if they didn't like yeah. it. But I thought that Will Self edition, uh, A Plague on All Your Houses, yeah. Yeah. is it a work of art. Yeah. You know, not, yeah. Nothing to do with me, but Martin Rosen's cartoons and Will Self's words, I think, will stand the test of time. And that's probably the single... Mo- single edition I'm most proud of yeah okay um, I might ask you to put your favourite front to the end actually but uh, Steve you, you, give, give us give us, actually I'll do my three and then we can finish with someone who was involved from the start rather than Johnny come lately pour it over are it. they all are they all going to be articles it's by all you? about me okay. probably the worst one was when you put that article about you kit with the feet on the front with my name underneath and we sold about three copies of it. No, <laughs> no, that's what the death the autopsy of you kit that was good that. do you know people asked me including my mother said are those your feet <laughs> like you made me have my picture of my feet so <laughs> so my, my three, three favourite moments, I think, well, as soon as we're on the pod, I'm going to mention the podcast one. I think, I think the Corbyn interview, when we had Corbyn on the pod, was great. And we went along, and we did ambush him, really. And um, he was, he, he's an interesting character to work. We had to wait for about an hour as he basically held a meet and greet with a load of locals and councillors and, and things and, and spoke about um, potholes which is all well and good and I can see why grassroots love him because he wants to know about every sign that's been knocked off or every lollipop lady that's been made redundant or you know so you can I can absolutely understand why grassroots love him but we then did the pod and we got onto onto Brexit obviously and he squirmed and he was he didn't know where to look and then we tried to give him a copy of that week's paper and it was the one where he was in the um, egg timer yeah, yeah, yeah. with the and he sort of quickly put it under his <laughs> chair and then as he's leaving we're trying to put it under his arm and his press people didn't like so that was a great moment and I think it, that was one of the best editions we had of the pod as well um, I loved, and I think the reason, and we've, we've got to mention, as we do often on a podcast, Jasper Coppin, who's the sort of deputy editor, I guess, and yeah. and on a day-to-day basis, sort of um, has to put up with all kinds of, of of shit and long hours and hard work, and has been there from the start. I used to sit next to Jasper, and we were, to be honest, we were we were concerned about the feminist takeover issue and the reason was it was brilliant it was brilliant the reason was not because it wasn't a great idea not because we were worried about the people who were going to write or anything like that it was just that there was a very well-oiled machine that worked week on week on week and we were introducing new people into it so it it concerned us and then when we saw it and it started to be built over the week we realized it was it was brilliant and i think actually as as what as a, a single edition of the New European, I think that is my favourite. Good Even though I had very little to do with it because well, we handed it over. We should name check the editor of that edition. We should have. Absolutely, friend of the pod who, again. Who, um, who did a spectacular job. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, again, it was all female. It was all the words were female. The uh, cartoons were female. The photographs were female. Yeah. It was laid out by females. Yeah. It was a unique thing. Absolutely. Unique. Absolutely. And, so and you can't get a copy of it anywhere. No, it's there completely is, sold yeah, out. There's not, not even a copy in this, in this building. It's a shame. Yeah. We should do it again, you know. We should, we Ooh, should. And then I think, I think the one, it was, this one was, I remember the day, it was just before Christmas 2016, it was a 16th of December edition of that first year. And of course, we'd been heavily 
heavily Brexit, obviously, as we still are. But there was a lot of sort of bad things going on in Aleppo at the time. You know, we didn't need to go into that. But we, but we splashed on the um, the picture of the of the dead child, dead child on the front of the in front of the paper, which alluded to the famous. Um, uh, government poster from the Spanish Civil War. If you tolerate this, your children will be next. And I remember, I remember going home that night from from the office, and it will have been a, a late one, probably the day before we were going to print. And thinking, did, or it just felt like all of a sudden, this is more than just a Brexit newspaper now, more than just a campaign tool. This is a paper that is willing to take on other issues as well, you know. And it just felt all of a sudden that muscles were starting to be sort of be flexed for me. Right. I think yeah. that I think as. Not my favourite cover by any means, although it is a great one. But I, ju- the, I thought the whole issue of it was it, a lot of other people were being quite craven about it. Yeah. In, in the newspaper world, and I thought we sort of we had the guts to go out there and, and yeah. say it as it was. I thought that was a that was a, a great moment as well. Steve, um, top three. Well, one working with me. Well, that's the one. One working with Matt, yeah. and then one. Um, <laughs> I, I think with the, well, the first one is probably a collection of moments. Um, it is really nice. I've done things before where you've built up a huge social following and tens of thousands of people are retweeting your stuff, and that is really nice, and you're, and you're having huge digital numbers. What is really satisfying and um, uh, what is was seeing people reading the New European on buses and trains in the first week, and then a few months later was seeing hundreds, thousands of people, in fact, holding up New European placards yeah. on the first sort of big marches um, to uh, towards um, towards uh, Westminster. So that was a, 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 a tremendous moment, and I remember the part of the the reason for doing this and part of the part of the argument, part of the argument that that, um, that we had at the start was when I said we could build a really big social thing out of this very, very quickly and then we could maybe look to do some print stuff out of it. And, and Matt's take, which is absolutely right, um, was no, people are desperate for something to, to have right now in their hands and they will get on the bus with this and they will be seen with it. Um, because they want to say I don't, I disagreed with this. I didn't vote for this, mm. and um, and that's part of the reason that, that that we managed to build up such a tremendous head of steam. Um, the, one of the other ones is a weird one, and I can't quite remember when this was, but we did an issue and we sent a guy to Skegness. Yeah. Oh, of course. Uh, and I think it, it was it Anthony Clavain. It was, it was yeah. yeah. So Anthony Clavain, who used to work with us uh, um, at uh, the, the Mirror on the Sunday Mirror, there, there it is, in fact, um, went to Skegness and wrote an article about this town which had voted massively in favour of Brexit, but of course was going to be hugely damaged by what happened uh, post-Brexit and all the um, weirdness that that involved and we, for the front cover, the front cover had an illustration by Martin Rosen, this great cartoonist um, who hopefully you'll all be familiar with, he's done a lot of work for us but worked for many other people the Independent Guardian um, down the years and uh, it was a great picture of a great reworking of the Jolly Fisherman, which is yeah. uh, which is the symbol of Skegness, <laughs> gambling down the beach. You probably know what I'm, but if you don't Google it, it's by it was like a, a sort of 1910s cartoon yeah. uh, by a guy called John Hassel, I think, um, and uh, it's been the emblem of the town. And this 
this image of the jolly fisherman giving the finger uh, to um, to the, the the watching world. He had go away on his jolly sailor suit. <laughs> That's the best bit. I love that. Uh, and he had a big ruddy face, even ruddier than he has in the original. With a UKIP scarf. And then it said, with a UKIP scarf, that's right, yeah. And it said, Skegness is so Brexit. In the original, was sort of, it's so, so bracing. bracing yeah. um, and uh, and this caused a huge stir. <laughs> massive furor. <laughs> massive furor. <laughs> you were on holiday, weren't you? Oh, man, you I, was in, I was in, uh, right, I was in Skegness, Orlando. Yeah. No, I was in Orlando. Uh, with the kids of the American Skagner. With, with, <laughs> yeah, exactly. with uh, and and, and uh, the I think it was the I think it was PM. Uh, you know the five o'clock BBC Radio Four. Lot of phones just went. Bonkers. Wanted to do something, yeah. and the mayor of Skagner, It was me versus yeah. the mayor of Skagner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> And I, but I was stood under this roller coaster in Orlando with a five-year-old screaming at my heels, but basically saying, "Well, you know, Skegness can bugger off as far as I'm concerned." You know, and the point was, it was it was funny, I thought. Yeah. But it did uh, um, touch a massive. Oh, nerve. it really did. Uh, it really did. You know, yeah. The it local really papers did. coverage of it was, was great as oh, well. Oh, the local right? MP was calling me for. Oh, he was. He, he was not happy, was well, he? Let's you know. Let's see what happens to places like. Skegness, if this if this comes well, to pass, I, mean, I would we, take no satisfaction from it. No, absolutely. I think uh, that's, that's what we were that, po- that's what we were pointing out. You it know. was very easy for people to say, look at them sneering. No. We weren't doing no. that at all. No. Do you know where it came from? It was it was Kay Burley. Uh, I, would wa- I was watching it just before I went on holiday, and Kay uh-huh. Burley was doing a vox pop. She was walking around. It wasn't uh-huh. Skegness. I think it was Boston, right? But yeah. anyway, yeah, yeah. so Boston doesn't have a famous poster, so Skegness copped it instead. But she was walking around. <laughs> she was walking around looking for people to. Talk about Brexit, yeah. and she she actually said, "I cannot find anyone to talk about Brexit." This area voted seventy two percent to vote for Brexit, <laughs> and people now say to me they're too bored to talk about it. Mm. And she was outraged, and I thought, mm. "This is mm. this is what's going to ruin this country if yeah. people are too bloody bored yeah. to talk about the this calamity that's coming down yeah. the road that they voted for." Yeah. So yeah. so that's why I was quite happy to wind the people of Skegness up. And we didn't. And to be honest, we didn't really. We we struggled as well. I mean, we we struggled to get any yeah. uh, anyone to really discuss it. Anthony was a bit. I think Anthony, the, the author of the piece, was a little bit nervous. Because yeah. he'd written a, a quite balanced piece, I think. You know, yeah. a very fair. Yeah, you slapped that on the front. And then, and then the, <laughs> this cartoon was, which was us basically waving two fingers to the, <laughs> the entire northeast coastline. The local paper, of course, if something like that happens on your patch, you, you know, your news that it sends you down, that's absolutely the right thing to do. But the, the local journalist um, went to the news agent and spoke to, supposedly spoke to a, um, a, a, a lady and a young daughter and the daughter supposedly was crying and said that's not our jolly fisherman oh, <laughs> he looks like a scary clown but you know the, tr- the, tr- the lesson in, in publishing is that all publicity is good publicity especially yeah. if you're a fledgling little yeah, newspaper that a lot of people haven't heard of yeah, yeah. people don't understand you know the I learned this off some really good tabloid editors. You know, like being, the only thing that you must never be is boring. You know, yeah, or, yeah. you know, have people love you, have people hate you. It doesn't matter. Don't be in the middle. Yeah, Every yeah. time I have a row with Owen Jones on Twitter, yeah. it, we sell an extra thousand copies that week. Yeah. You know, he yeah. thinks that it's just banter. <laughs> uh, no, he, he, Owen Jones is the biggest marketing tool in the European ever. Well, Thanks, thank so you, Owen. Marketing tool. Yeah. Um, I can't see. And then tweets. the other one is um, <laughs> the other. I did see a. Tweet of his the other day, which was which was a which was a post one of 
Uh, you need to follow up. You need to take a picture of him. Post uh, like, just as this tweet's yeah. not available. So I don't know what I've done it wrong. It was post one of his um, your, his uh, spats with you, where he said he thought that we sold about eighty-five copies a week, which is a little yeah. bit out, isn't yeah. it? Um, the last thing um, that I wanted to say, the last uh, great memory is we Matt said earlier on, and you said earlier on, we're out here in we're in the east of England. We're actually based in Norwich, so we're away from the. The sort of the uh, yeah. metropolitan elite, yeah. the epicenter yeah. of Remain. People yeah. all, the agricultural elite. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> People always say to say stuff to me like, oh, what's, what's, what's Ian Dunt like? And, and these people who, and I think they imagine, what are, what's, oh, what are the Remaniacs like? And you know, like, oh, no, I've met Ian Dunt once and I don't know any of the Remaniacs. Um, so so can they get, like we're all, um, can they get asked that? No, what's I don't think they like? do. But they probably get asked what Mike Kelly is like. Um, <laughs> And I've heard what they said. Well, exactly, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and so um, and so it, it's quite you know it's a novelty to, to see politicians. We don't see politicians uh, all the time. And in fact, when I was here at, at the during the referendum, um, we were, uh, David Cameron came to speak here. Do you, you remember this? And you, I think it was before your time. And David it? Cameron came to speak here just in our office just before the referendum. And he sort of, I was working away, and he, he, he came into my office. I stood up, you know, I was aware that somebody was stood did in stand, the, Did you stand up? Stood up, well, like, who are you and what are you doing in this, like, my office? Did you nut him? And I looked up, and it was David Cameron, and he said, oh, hello, like this. And maybe he was in the wrong place, or he just wanted to be friendly, he thought there might be a vote in it. And I said to him something like, this is the first vote that I've ever wanted you to win. And he went, oh, 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 oh. and then he went off to make his speech. Now... In the set, in the Halloween rather yeah. of 2017, we published a Halloween or maybe 2016, 2017, 2017 right? No, we published a uh, yeah, it's the Halloween the, edition. Uh, the Halloween edition. Well, it must have been 2017 year. because it was, was it otherwise it would have been like two or three months after launch. I don't yeah, know, yeah, I don't yeah, know. yeah. Um, it was 2017, and we published in the, Hall- the centre of the Halloween edition were a series of Halloween horror masks of Brexit monsters. Yeah. And there was one of Theresa May yeah. looking like a zombie. There was one of Nigel Farage looking like Frankenstein. There was one of Jacob Rees-Mogg looking like a vampire. And there was one of Boris Johnson looking like Pennywise the Scary Clown from <laughs> It. And they were all really good. And um, and I remember being in my office, and I put these all on the wall because it was you like, we, you know, we'd all, they were, they were great. <laughs> it worked with them on for weeks. I, I printed them out in, on A3, big A3 colour printouts, and I stuck them on my wall right next to my desk. And then um, a couple of weeks later, we had a visit from the Prime Minister, and Therese, who was by now Theresa May. And I saw her car arrive underneath my window, I could see out and I could see a ministerial car arrive and I thought, I sat at my desk and I thought I wonder if she's going to pop her head in like David Cameron did, (laughs) and then I looked to the left and all I could see was this huge picture of (laughs) Theresa May as a zombie and and Nigel Farage as Frankenstein and Boris Johnson as a scary clown and and I immediately leapt up Um, and I ripped two of them down but I left the one up for Boris Johnson because I thought she might quite like that but she didn't come in she she did have a meeting with Jeff Jeff Henry the boss and he said uh, (laughs) and he was a little bit nervous about the fact that we published New European and and she's got no small talk at all and so Jeff's sitting across the the table from her 
And he says in this void, he says, oh, by the way, do you know we are also the publishers of the New European? And she just looked blankly and then just said, oh, that's nice. And that was it. <laughs> yeah. Obviously didn't have a clue who we were. We should have put that on the front, the front page. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's nice, that's nice <laughs> Theresa May. Uh, well, it's been quite a three years, that's for sure. Um, to quickly pick a, a favourite front page, because the front page, a lot of people talk about, and we're actually recording this in Matt's office, and there's numerous on the walls. I'll go first. I think, um, I think my favourite... Was um, I think I'm going to go for Skegness. Skegness? I think that was my favourite. Yeah, I think that was a a fantastic piece of work. That's really good. I really like the the. uh, This is on the wall as well. It's right opposite me. It's quite a lazy choice, then, isn't it? But the the John and Yoko Brexit is over if you want it. One that um, that a guy called Malcolm Garrett did. Obviously lifted from the Happy Christmas War is over. Thing. Brilliant. Um, My favourite is the uh, bloody idiot one we did after the election. Yes. Yeah. That was good. Which. I mean, we had a real struggle to think of how we're going to do this because the the, the uh, result was coming in just on deadline. Yeah. You know, we go to press at ten thirty in the morning, and it was we'd put it back a day so we could get the result, but we didn't have a cover. And the night before, if, if you remember, everyone assumed that she was going to get a. Oh, I remember you know, very well. It was a, about a landslide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the original cover said bloody idiots mm. and was referring to the voters yeah yeah uh, and then of course when she collapsed <laughs> i thought oh shit now we can't use the cover and then i thought oh no we can't <laughs> she's the bloody idiot the mm. and uh, uh, i think it really did capture the moment it got a lot of press coverage on yeah, yeah that was cool. that was quite special all right well steve um, we, we've got a sort of special brexit of the week this week um, where you're going to do as a quiz? Is that well, right? there isn't. Yeah, there, is, there is no Brexiteer of the week yeah, this week. Right. Can in, it just be the, Darren Grimes then? In the print edition, <laughs> yeah, it right, is Darren right. Grimes. Yeah, <laughs> it's always it's yeah. always you, Darren. I love it. Uh, and um, uh, and I thought I'd do, would do a special third anniversary quiz. There are fifty questions if you get the print edition. Right, can we just do New five or ten? Let's just let's just let's just do a few. You, yeah. can, you can buzz in. Oh right. Um, if you get the, the answers right. right. Okay, do we... So, uh, question one. Boris Johnson supporter Liz Truss yeah. has suggested that which English county with a population of 250,000 could be as productive as Germany, population 83 million, after Brexit? Which British county? Which British county does uh, Liz Truss I'll go say? Suffolk. It's not Suffolk. Mm. Is it uh, Lincolnshire? It's Norfolk. In fact, well, there must be more people than that in Norfolk. 50,000 Oh, it's a copy error. Oh, <laughs> quickly, quickly, go on to the next question. Uh, what is Brighton defender Shane Duffy's Brexit related nickname? Uh, oh, oh, is he a centre back or a full back? Well, he's a centre back. I'm just trying to feel dead air. Uh, he's a centre back and, and he's called, called Shane, and he's called Shane Duffy. Uh, uh, wow. He's known as the Irish backstop. Oh, that's very good. Uh, what punishment did? That's far too clever for a football what team. What punishment did the former UKIP MEP Janice Atkinson say should be given to suicide bombers? What punishment did former UKIP MEP Janice Atkinson say should be given to suicide bombers? Uh, well, what, after the. Well, I think that might it's be the point. Late, isn't it? <laughs> well, she said they should uh, face the death penalty. 
What was <laughs> what was wrong when uh, the brain of Brexit, Daniel Hannan, said that part of the reason for Switzerland's financial success was that quotes they are outside the common fisheries policy. <laughs> They're landlocked. Switzerland is landlocked. Correct. <laughs> Geneva must be. Absolutely. The last one. Uh, in which country? Uh, in which country are Britain's new blue passports being made? France. France. It's not. It's Poland. Oh, but no. the company is French. French <laughs> and I'll give you one last one. Which Brexiteer, who is known for his fanciful claims, has got a name which is an anagram of mid-air bacon? <laughs> mid-air bacon. Mid-air bacon. Um, uh, not um, well, uh, he, he stood for the Tory leadership uh, unsuccessfully oh, Dominic Raab it's Dominic Raab I can't, Mid-air stand, Bain. I can't stand Dominic Raab he's a truly scary man he is no, scary. Honestly, honestly he was uh, talking about writing um, diplomatic wires earlier on on Twitter was he? yeah stay away from personal insults I think one of the, I think one of the <laughs> Thanks, reasons Dominic. I can't stand him is that loads of women fancy him do they? yes oh. inexplicably what? I mean, he's got a neck that just comes... Is well, it a bit like person. loads of women write to people on death row, you know, these Possibly. terrible... It might be like that, might maybe, it? Maybe. Might he looks like, like Michael Fassbender as a scary android, as he we've does. said before, yeah, doesn't he? Does. He? he does. We shouldn't be rude, because he's a big listener, and he really loves what we do. Sorry, yeah, Dom. Sorry. Need <laughs> 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 bacon. Matt, Steve, thanks very much for your time. Here's to the next three years and beyond. That was the New European Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Steve stayed with me this week to tell you what you should do right now. Well, don't expect anything out of me for a couple of weeks because I'm going on holly bobs, uh, first of all. But before I go, it would be really nice if you went to your podcatcher of choice, wherever you listen to this, Spotify, Audio Boom, iTunes, leave us a lovely uh, review, please, uh, with lots of stars. That would be very nice. We get some great reviews at the moment. Uh, you can go to uh, steadyhq.com, search for the New European, and join our crowdfunder. That's just for the New European podcast now. Uh, steadyhq.com, search for the New European, and fund our work to keep this podcast going and to uh, help the New Europeans stop Brexit. You can go to Facebook, you can like the New European on Facebook, you can join our Facebook readers group. You can go to Twitter and follow The New European, at The New European, and you can follow me at Sanglesey, S-A-N-G-L-E-S-E-Y. Or you can follow me at Porritt, P-O-R-R-I-T-T, and if you haven't already, go out and buy the printed product. It's our third birthday, it's £3, it's got lots of politics, lots of Brexit, but it's also got lots of... Fun! And art and culture, and a big Brexity quiz. Um, which is a great deal of fun. We will be back next week. I won't be back next week. I will be back next week. I won't be back next week. Where are you going? I'm going to Bill Bow and San Sebastian. I will be back next week. Until then, Mr Campbell, play your bagpipes. Here you go.